Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ Tuesday, the 14th of December. And it's a very special day in the Dag household. It's my darling's birthday. Happy birthday to Daisy Dag. Special day for my darling. I hope you get a sleep in and the kids are still sleeping away. Probably not. They'll be up and about waking up, Mama. But that's all right. We'll have a good day together, my darling. Anyway, we've got a good show for the crew today. We're going to be covering everything. Everything. Bit of rugby, bit of Winter Olympics, bit of horse racing. Is That's what we're all about. And, well, the F1, well, it's still going over there. And we promised you Chris Medlin yesterday. Well, he's back. And he's having a few meetings today with some pretty special people over in Abu Dhabi. And we'll get a wee insight from him. So the Winter Olympics are fast approaching Beijing 2022. And our strong Kiwi team are heading over with high hopes of bringing more medals home. None more so than young Alpine ski racer Alice Robinson, who had a career best finishing on the weekend of fourth in Switzerland. And she'll join us just after 7 o'clock here. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. So looking forward to chatting to young Alice Robinson. She's only 20 years of age. And, well, just have a wee chat to her about her career best finish of fourth as she heads to Beijing 2022. And then, yes, Trudy. Trudy's announced it in the news. Big news out of the All Blacks. With, it's been rumoured that Joe Smith is taking over as All Blacks selector from Grant Fox. We're going to debate it. And we're going to open the phone lines for you to call us on the Kennards Hire phone line. 0800-150-811 at around 7.20ish in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. So make sure you stay tuned. Just great news coming out of the All Blacks world. And, well, Baz caught it a few weeks ago. And, well, they've listened. Fozzie's listened and he's got Joe Smith, who had some success over the All Blacks many times over in Ireland. And, well, just seeing what's happened in the last couple of Months with the All Blacks losing their last two. I think it's a great ploy by the All Blacks getting Joe Smith in. So we're going to chat about that after about 7.20. And then the F1 Championship was decided yesterday in controversial fashion as Max Verstappen 
won his first championship overtaking Lewis Hamilton on the final lap. And Chris Midland is going to join us at 8 o'clock. And then a very special horse that is doing special things over in Hong Kong. 16 straight wins, 18 million bucks in money and untouchable over the mile. Sam Beetson of Riversley Park, Bloodstock, sold gold in 60 in the 2017 ready-to-run sales. Hopefully our horses like this one best. And he'll join us at around 8.40ish to have a wee chat about the great horse, Golden 60. Watched that race last night and, man, it had to work hard. It just weaved its way through the field and then just stormed home and absolutely smoked them in the end. It's won 16 straight, so it's a special horse. It just goes to show that the ready-to-run horses, they are special. So looking forward to Chan Sam Beatson. Anyway, like always, give us a text on the text line, 8833. Or give us a call anytime on the Kennard's High phone line. We'd love to chat to you. 0800 My voice is getting there. We're slowly making a wee comeback. I've got to try and sing a song later today. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, we'll cross over to Auckland and say, G'day, the team. Louie, Trudy, Joe and Kez. Good morning, Tefano. And then Baz, Skip, McCallum and Matamata there. Up and about. Good morning, my brother. Good morning, my brother, and a big happy birthday to Daisy as well, eh? Is that the song you got to sing later on? A big sort of happy birthday song to your lovely wife. Is that? Is that yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll head in and, and wish her happy birthday. I don't want to wake her up at four thirty because she gets pretty angry when I'm noisy as. Because you know, when I spoke about it. She wants me to get ready the night before, but I didn't. So I try to get out as soon as possible. But I'll I'll head in around seven o'clock and I'll. I'll She'll be in bed with the kids. They always come in about quarter seven, jump in, and I'll go wish you happy birthday. But yeah, it's special, special weekend for us because we obviously had our wedding anniversary Sunday. We got engaged on the thirteenth, and it's her birthday on the fourteenth. So it's a busy couple of days. Busy couple of days. Did you keep all of those in a sort of tight distance uh, away so you can remember them all? You know, like just bang. bang yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. It's all tactical that one, Bears. But my my question is. I want to pose this question, and Trudy will have a little insight into this. Obviously, her birthday is close to Christmas. So what I'm thinking, of my whole thought process is one present, is, is the one present line. You know, like obviously her birthday is on, the, on, the, on today, the 14th, and Christmas is um, you know, 11 days away. And I've always gone down the line of one big present, eh? What are your thoughts, Trudy? Yeah, nah. So I'm <laughs> Louis. <laughs> Louis nodding his head like, "Fair go, yeah, play on, yeah, one present." 100%. And I'm shaking my head. This makes perfect sense. <laughs> I, can I tell you one thing? It's so impressive that. But a, one big one. one yeah. Oh, nah. No. What a present today and one every day till Christmas. Um, what a present today one and a present on Christmas Porsche. Day. A Porsche. <laughs> you're funny, Baz. Gosh, you're funny. Um, that's actually a great idea. Buy a car. No, no, no. With a car seat. No. <laughs> <laughs> and my little point. No, um, I honestly think that, I think it's very nice that you've actually all got that clustered together. Like you're never going to forget mid-December, mm. so that's quite cool. And for a woman to just get have her wedding day near her birthday, that's, that's quite a good call too because most would want it probably separate so that the birthday was, you know, celebrated separately. So I think she's a magic she little thing. It keeps it simple for me. It keeps That's it nice. But no, I thought I thought the one present was quite quite a good idea. And Louis on the same page. What about you, Bez? 
Uh, I'm not sure you'll get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're, you're probably going to have to have multiple presents, um, which I think is probably justified. And you got heaps of cash anyway, so don't worry about it. Buy some I think we should I save got song, any. Should we put Look, I'll be, I'll be honest, I haven't got anything. There, Louis? Yes, you will. What was that, sorry, Bess? And then you can sing. Have you got a happy No, no, I haven't, I haven't got her anything. She's not awake yet. Should we wait till she wakes up and we can sing to her? Yeah, well, why don't we do it in Trudy's world? We'll play a, <laughs> yeah, backing, play a backing track and get Let's it. Let's find the coolest, sassiest, sexiest happy birthday song and play it for Daisy. At about f- just before oh, seven. I haven't, I haven't got her anything. I, I actually haven't got her anything today. I um, I got her a present ages ago and said, that's there you go. Um, oh, I love that. Happy no, birthday. I, I could not endorse that more, Izzy. I am a big believer. I'm not a gift <laughs> giver. I'm not a big gift giver and I'm a big believer in you know experiences are key and you know things come around and you know it all evens out over a lifetime and i think that is brilliant logic is he i couldn't i couldn't be more on your what about a cute little present to open with the kids in bed this morning something to open from the kids no so there's nothing for her to open today candle or something (laughs) that's too late back to the love languages yeah true yeah Mm. so that's great louis that you're not a big gift giver but I think the whole idea of the love language is that it's more how things are received than it is how they're given. So yeah, well, it's a partnership, can, isn't it? You might best. like gifts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a partnership. You got to meet in the middle. So I'll tell. I'll tell you what I got in the break, um, Trudy. I'll, I'll flick your message. Oh, I'll so tell you, you what I got her. In. You got her something. Yeah. I got her something. I, I haven't, but I haven't got her. I got her something like a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "This is your birthday present." Before she went to Queenstown, I got her something. And say, this is your birthday present. But today I'll probably, I might get her a, a bunch of flowers or something. I might take her out for lunch because the kids <laughs> yeah. are away today. So yeah. we'll do something, but it won't be like her lying in bed opening a present. Am, uh, you're making me feel bad, Trudy. Am I that bad? Sorry. No, you're, you're a treasure. You're a gem. <laughs> you're both gorgeous. So no. Crew slayer, my idol. Crew slayer. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to make a, a little note of a couple of months ago when, when you were going to buy her a present. Uh, just uh, on the off chance we were going to, you know, remember we were in Auckland, you were going to buy her a present? And you end up, what happened? Nah. When you went out shopping? what I do? <laughs> you bought a present for yourself. <laughs> 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 and didn't oh, buy her right. one. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, don't, don't tell everyone that one. Don't oh, even sorry. start there where we went to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never been into that shop before in my life. It's a bit, it's a bit expensive. Ooh, starts <laughs> with Alan, ends with me. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. We're gonna, we're gonna text here. We're gonna text here, and we'll, we'll throw this to Louie. Good morning, uh, Trudy and lads. Are we allowed to know who's running point when the lads are away? And that is from Mark. And Mark. Me and Baz have... Oh, I don't have any idea. Do you have an idea, Baz? Uh, it, it'll be somewhere in the filing cabinet. I haven't looked it up, mate. Uh, it's sort of you know, <laughs> somewhere in between uh, Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir, I think, that will be the answer. And that's about sort of where it'll fit. No, I'm just joking. Um, I think... Louis, you might be. Are you going to run the cutter <laughs> oh, while we're away, mate? I, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why you would think you'd be throwing it to me, like uh, Joe, Joe, maybe. Yes, <laughs> no, uh, Mark. It's a good question, Mark. I'll be here. You know, I'll be here next week, 
and holding the fort down towards till we get to Christmas, and then over Christmas it'll be a pitch. It'll be a mix of uh, Ricardo, myself, and yeah, just a kind of a, a very competent back back team of just fill-ins and. Not too sure we have it exactly pinned down, but myself and Ricardo for the bulk of it, Mark. So appreciate that you're interested. We'll, we'll there's plenty of summer sport to cover, lots of racing, bowls, as we pointed out last week. Um, so we'll be hooking into it, and yeah, can't wait. And four hour shows as well, so just awesome. Just can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Honestly, we're gonna have to. If there's someone that somehow. does it, does it all. <laughs> If there's someone that does it all on on, on SCNZ, mate, you got what have you got? Saturday, you work Saturdays as well. Chef you work Sundays. You work Sunday. Oh, I mean, no, just no, just setting up the show for Monday. But it, it's not really it, work. That's fun. Yeah, it's my, my, my spare time. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're going to do a four-hour show. Wow, yeah, it's good, mate. Right, we got Kiz and Kiz and Joe will be here. Trudy, you aren't you reading the news from? The, where are you reading the news from, Trudy? Rago. God. <laughs> Waiheke Island. Trudy, what are you doing, Trudy? Yeah, that's right. I'm reading the news next week from Lake Topo. Right. So <laughs> Trudy's oh. escaping. She's going to the batch. Oh, my. Are you choppering to the batch? She'll or? have her feet up. <laughs> so, right, we'll be here at Stanley Street, guys. Just <laughs> Chef Talk and Bottle Washer. There you go. Louis Herman Watt. <laughs> good man. Good on you. That'll be yeah, good. Yeah. I reckon four hours of stand-up comedy with Joe has got to feature at some stage. No, but to be fair, we will be... Imagine how tired you'll be, Joe, having to work four hours on on here. You get so tired. You turn up tired sometimes, don't you, Joe? So busy at night time. <laughs> Keeping the flat running. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. We'll, we'll, I tell you what, though, Mark, we'll be doing a lot, and when I say a lot, we'll be doing what it takes to get us through, and that'll include a lot of uh, off-peak and off-the-kind-of-beaten-track sports. And if anybody, a- actually, genuinely, if anybody's got anything that they des- just think deserves coverage in just tiny sports, community sports, stuff that we probably wouldn't traditionally do during the weekdays when we've got meaty topics like Joe Schmidt to get stuck into, send us a text on double eight double three, or just get in touch with me on Twitter or however you want because summer's a great chance to kind of shed light on community legends and surf life-saving mm. bowls. Genuinely, bowls is a big sport over summer for lots of Kiwis. So all that sort of good stuff, we'll be getting hooked into it, including... Um, we'll definitely be doing movie reviews and succession TV show reviews. So uh, all of that fun stuff. Nothing's off limits. Saw that. Saw that, Louis. That's great. You're up and about. I've just started a new show called Chicago Fire on Netflix. And, uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. But I've seen your tweet on succession. You, you, you just highly, you love it, eh? You highly recommend it. Yeah, it's got to be one of the great shows. Baz, are you, you still still in there? Yeah, I'm saving a lot of it for um nice. for my next uh, stint overseas. You know, when you're sort of on, in a hotel room on your own after you know coaching, um, so I'm saving it for that. That's what I'm, I'm kind of. I like to build up my Netflix series and then just sort of binge watch them when you're away from home. Keeps you out of the bar, I find. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon I know. The bar, but you just. I reckon I know yeah. Trudy's next one. I reckon I know Trudy's next show, Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset. Am I right, Truth? I don't, believe it or not, I don't watch much TV and Netflix. I just don't, I don't really. Oh. No, I don't know why. I guess. No TVs at Frago? Mm. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, I just <laughs> I tend to watch the news and Hillary on Seven Sharp. She cracks me up. Queen of the Nation. Don't really watch much yeah. else. Hmm. Hey, Keep telling sunsets good. Okay, thank you. I'll write just, it down. <laughs> can I just go back just a step? So during that that, that summer break, so obviously. <laughs> Like, Izzy and I, we still work, but we have other jobs as well, you know. Mm. So it's not like we're just literally on this on the beach, you know, just sunning ourselves or... Oh, he is. Or, uh, do you have another job? I think you do. Um, some rugby stuff. No, nah, I'm... Yeah, I'm pretty much done. Yeah, bro, like, yeah, because, uh, yeah, Sky's stopped to about... February twelfth, I think it is. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be working you? anyway. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be covering the test matches for Spark Sport, the New Zealand versus Bangladesh oh. test matches. So, yeah, so we'll still be chipping away. It'll just be on in front of camera yeah, rather than on your but I'll join you. Well, but you, you're back, Izzy. To be fair, you 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 turned up this week, and like as far as I'm aware, you're not being paid for this week. It's just <laughs> volunteer <laughs> service. So you you just said, "Oh no, I want to be with the team in the last week." So that's just huge service. So is that why my bloody invoice is late? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, hey, um, we got plenty to talk about this afternoon. Uh, this morning, sorry, in terms of sport. Sam Beats, I'm really looking mm. forward to. Have a quick listen to these horses. These are some of the horses that he's pre-trained, okay, and or broken in. Golden 60, It's a Dundell, Prince Benzance, Lucia Valentina, Furlax, Eleonora, Francoletta, Saracino, Adrosin, Infantry, Del Cello, Nicoletta, Ugo Viscola, Sofia Rosa, Brando. How's about that for a, a list of, mm. uh, I guess, a... Uh, Horses which have gone on to achieve great things all come out of the barn of Sam and, and Hannah Beetson out there at Riversley Park. So it's going to be great to talk to him about um, Golden 60, the best miler in the world, 16 straight a little bit later on. Fascinating to see the difference between a horse trainer and a horse breaker uh, or a pre-trainer mm. as well and just get an understanding of what it, whether you can sense that a horse is going to go on to great things as well and whether you still have to keep putting them through the ring because that's their business model. So it'd be cool to speak to Sammy Beetson. Um, Chris Medlin, I'm pumped about as well, mate, because that Formula One is the gift that just keeps on giving. I see Mercedes have put in mm. another um, protest as well. Uh, so that'll be, it'll be cool to speak to him, who, as Louis pointed out, was right in the middle of the, the media scrum yesterday as that news broke that Verstappen was going to be successful as champion of the Formula One series as well. And then Alice Robinson, as you said earlier, um, is a, a young girl achieving great things in downhill skiing and flying the Kiwi flag around the world as well. So it'd be cool to speak to her. And I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit of, uh, well, not just the Joe Smith, which is a big story, um, but also maybe a little bit of Geordie Barrett and this talk about rugby league. And maybe even a move to second five. And one other thing I want to talk about is the Brisbane Heat. I said yesterday, no Lynn, no win. Lynn went bang at the top and the Heat got their first win of the Big Bash as well. So up the Heat, well played boys. Get on, get yourself on a little <laughs> roll. But we've got plenty to chat about today, all things sport. And uh, feel free to give us a, a text at any stage, double eight, double three, or give us a call on the Kennard's High phone line, 0800 Maybe let us know your Christmas plans. What are you up to over the holidays? What sport are you going to tune into and make sure that you keep 
given our summer crew a text or a phone call right throughout the Christmas period as well. You are listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Good well, morning. Baz You're and Izzy Baz breakfast and Izzy. on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at that. There we go. I'll have a crackers. My bad. My bad. I was too busy trying to text you as well at the same time. Forgot about the radio show. Anyway, it's Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Give us a call anytime on the Kennard Sire phone line 0800 150 or send us a text double eight double three. Maybe you want to give us a bit of grief about our lack of broadcasting ability. But that's what happens when you're remote. Anyway, what we should talk uh, is we've talked uh, we've talked about Christmas and we've talked about Daisy's birthday. Happy birthday, Daisy! From all the SCNZ crew, from all of Daisy, Baz and Izzy for breakfast crew. Have a ripping day. We should talk a little bit of sport. And how's about uh, overnight, mate, or well, last couple of days, there's the, uh, in the club and, and college rugby, the, the rules come out around rugby vaccination requirements and mm. making and it's been mandated that you have to be vaccinated if you're going to participate in uh, club and college rugby right throughout the season and ongoing. So I don't know what your thoughts are. I'm on a WhatsApp group with um, with quite a lot of, uh, my rugby team and whether it's a coincidence or not but there appears to be a couple of people have dropped off it in the last 24 hours um, which mm. is kind of uh, is intriguing um, is this a, a good thing is it a tough stance um, what's it do for particip- participation what does it do for the sport or is it just a necessary part of life right now as uh, as we stand with COVID in our, in our world what are your thoughts on that bro? Um, yeah, look, uh, it's going to have two kind of reactions. There's going to be, yeah, obviously people that are going to make those decisions for themselves, for their families, and and that's okay. But I, yeah, we're definitely going to lose numbers and and rugby particularly is, is probably, I reckon, already on the decline. And, um, this, this obviously doesn't help, but COVID is, is part of our world now and, and is part of our life. And we know from what's happening around the world and you know this is a controversial uh, topic as always because people have their own um, opinions and ways uh, how they want to deal with um, the vaccine Um, but New Zealand Rugby and Steve Lancaster have made that decision that if we are going to go forward it starts from the top and the All Blacks and Super Rugby sides and the NPC sides NPC sides are already vaccinated and it's mandatory for them to be vaccinated and they've filtered that down to the younger generation and look at high school I, f- I feel like it's going to have a huge impact um, there's going to be a lot of parents at high school that will potentially make those decisions for their kids and these kids are going to be left in the lurch and it's going to be a tough one for them but I can f- see it definitely 100% having a huge impact at high school um, for me I think it's the best decision uh, we know right now that um, the vaccine is our only bit of weapon, uh, only bit of ammo at the moment to try and fight this thing. Um, COVID is with us. It's going to be with us for the rest of our lives. We have to deal with it. There is potentially no other options. I know me saying this, I'm no doctor, but I'm listening to the advice I'm getting and it's the only way forward and for us to have any normality in our lives. And look, it is a controversial subject and people are going to have their own ways about it, but for me, it's yeah, it's the only way forward. But I can definitely see it happening, and I can see it having an impact potentially on the rugby stakes and and junior levels. And you've just spoke about it. There's people at 
your club team that are going to leave. And there's people out there probably going to listen to me talking right now and going to leave as well because they're anti, you know, they, they don't want to get vaccinated. But it is what it is. And yeah, I, I commend New Zealand rugby. They are probably one of the big uh, first sporting organisations in New Zealand that have filtered it down to the younger generation too. So I can only see football New Zealand and things and other um, organisations following as well. Yeah, it's it's an interesting stand, isn't it? And and I agree with you. I mm. think other organisations will follow as well. At the end of the day, it is mandated, so that's part and parcel of it. Mm. And it's just uh, it is the rules. You've got to move on. You'll lose some along the way. But let us know what your thoughts are double eight double three, or give us a call on the Kinatai phone line as well and chat to us about whether you think it's a fair stance, um, or do you think there was maybe an alternative. But uh, it's certainly a fascinating topic to discuss, and I'm sure we'll go into it a little bit later on. We're coming up 6.30, so that means we've got time for the news with Trudy. Remember, later on this hour, 6.43, there or thereabouts, we're going to have Quizzy Dad gives you an opportunity to win yourself a $50 bonus bet with the TAB as well. And whew, the quiz this morning is gettable. It is more than gettable, and I'm feeling generous <laughs> as well, Wiz, in that giving mood. So I'm, ha- I'm happy to help. I'm happy to be phone a friend if anyone needs it. So make sure that you're ready when when, uh, when we ask for it for Quizzy Dag, roughly around 6.43. But for now, it is time for us to head to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We are 27 minutes away from 7am. Yes, vaccinations and club sport are a big, powerful statement by New Zealand Rugby. It will have ramifications for members of your community. Double eight, double three, or Kennard's high phone line 0800 150 What was your reaction to that news? Is it for the greater good or does it upset you a bit? Give us a call. Lads, loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing, your form, your reviews, your previews, your lot. And yesterday, if you want to go watch something because you're missing out on your thoroughbred fix, because today is the third day in a row we have had no thoroughbred racing, which just, that feels like at least two days too long. Um, Yesterday at Awara Park in Rotorua, we saw a couple of really handy horses trial up. A lot of youngsters. It got a bit wet there, but probably I'm willing to say one of New Zealand's best three horses at the moment trialled up on Trivier. On Trivier is a special sprinting mare. Uh, she's very, very good. And, and as I say that number, I've probably forgotten something. And I see Baz's pen moving, so I'll, no doubt we'll circle back to that. Um, but she is a very, very, very good mare. And she's $2.50 favourite at the moment for the railway stakes uh, on New Year's Day. It's going to be an extremely exciting race against Levante, um, Rock and Horse, Babylon Berlin. Some very, very good fast horses. But she trialled up and she was so good. Opie just had her under such a nice rain, and it, it, you know she she should have won that invitation race in Sydney. She was good enough to win it. She was the best sprinting mare in that field. Ice bath, not taking anything away, but I think Tommy Berry were the first one to admit that he got that one wrong. So very exciting to see 
her back at the races, and uh, I can't wait to see her because, you know, for New Zealand's depth and racing depth, it's important to have our best horses not just racing in Australia, boarding planes and heading over there, but have them racing in our group ones. So that's very exciting. Now, tomorrow, what we can look forward to is a massive meet at Pukekohe tomorrow. We've got 12 races, including lots of uh, lots of new horses that we wouldn't have seen before Two two-year-old events, and there's a horse last time we missed out on. The odds are going to be short. There's no point trying to protect this one. Let's just be excited about it. Time flies, goes round tomorrow in race two in the maiden two-year-old, $15,000. Opie Boston rides, Jamie Richards trained. I think time flies will be the threat to Wolverine in the Caracamillion two-year-old just on what we know about these juveniles so far. So very excited to see them go around. But plenty of young horse flesh gets rolled out tomorrow at Pukekohe. So exciting stuff. And, um, yep, love this time of year as we amble towards the Christmas break, which for many people, as we know from our poll yesterday, is about food and family. But also for many people, it's about cricket and racing. Mm. What was the other big two? meeting, eh? Top three horses? Twelve races. Probable and the chosen one. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> Thoughts, Baz? <laughs> well, it's subjective, isn't it? It, it is, very, very. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> time flies. <laughs> <laughs> time flies. How how much is time flies paying for the crack a million? Um, I reckon probably about 12 bucks, but let me just be extremely accurate because we pride ourselves on that um here we go crack a million two-year-old time wolverine three dollars fifty time fires twelve dollars sacred satono twelve dollars mascarentos twelve dollars tavia armor who ran in behind wolverine in the weekend did you see that run for second the tangerine mm. that thing that flashed that was huge ten dollars insatiable ten dollars wolverine short three dollars fifty but this filly's just proven that she can quicken and very quick and very fast. And, um, yeah, it's exciting times. This time of year is great. Karakamillion, bring it on. I just hope we can have crowds and decent ones too. Yeah. Mm. Is he? I reckon there's a big mm. for us, mate. I really do. Yeah. I think we're going to see tomorrow. I mean, the track is it's going to be wet and it could be bottomless. But Time Flies needs to qualify for the Karakamillion. There's not too many opportunities left, right, to then still give – um, give the horse a, a let up to be able to then go into Caracamillion fit enough, keeping in mm. mind that they're still developing in their bodies and they're still growing and, and balancing out, etc. So I still anticipate that Time Flies would run tomorrow. I think Time Flies from from the, the vault that is the New Zealand racing world and amongst some of those people, I think Time Flies is, could potentially be a freak. And twelve dollars is massive money. I think so. So I'm gonna get a little I'm gonna have a little bet on that. I know there's a lot's gotta go right, is for uh yep. for time flies to even make the Caracamillion field. But I think twelve dollars if it comes out tomorrow and brains them at Rotorua and uh, Rotorua, it's at Rotorua, right? Pukakoi, but it it's been very Pukakoi, wet. Sorry. It's been very wet up here as well, and even though the track would have been hard it's um you think as a time test it should cop it though, right, Baz? Northern Hemisphere yeah, breed. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, you would think so. And yeah, sorry, I said Rotorua because the trolls yesterday. But yeah, yeah, it should it should cop it. You're right, Louis. And if it comes out tomorrow, brains yes. them. 
and then it'll be crunched into about six dollars for the crack a million and then uh then you look like you're, you're a two horse race well a three horse because caviarama as well was was super impressive but i think they the jamie richards stable i think they have time flies well in front of caviarama and that didn't get too far off wolverine the other day there's my logic is well, uh, look, you know, we spoke about it yesterday, risk versus reward and, you know, the, the futures <laughs> and you can put the bet on and then time flies, you know, has a little mishap, doesn't raise, you lose your money. Well, I'm in, mate. I'm following you. 12 <laughs> bucks, I'm in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Backing <laughs> us in, mate. <laughs> right, good stuff. Well, there's a little $12 option for you for a little bit of time down the road at the Caracamillion. What an event that is going to be as well. Thank you very much, Louis, for your loveracing.nz update. Nice We've got coming up next, we have got Quizzy Dag. Take on the Ismaster. You win yourself a $50 bonus bet with the TAB. Times 12 on time. Flies are 600 bucks. Get a hold of that. Call now, 0800-150-811. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is, it's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a bass. Louie, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies cause this ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811 now, give it a go. Time flies, time flies. Come on, come on, come on. Here we go, and I want to get one of you on. I want to give you a $50 bonus bet, courtesy of the team at the TAB for Quizzy Dag. And we're going to go to Charlie and Geraldine. Good morning, Charlie. Morning, AZ. How are you, brother? You up and about? You ready? Oh, yeah, mate. I've already said it's 5 o'clock. You've got to just start like <laughs> Here we go then, here we go. Oh, question number one. Which Kiwi Alpine ski racer finished fourth in the Super G World Cup in Switzerland on Sunday? Alice through the looking glass, Robinson. Yes, beautiful. Well done. We're going to have her on after seven o'clock too, so stay tuned. Question number two. Sweet. Where is the 2022 FIFA World Cup being held? Oh. Question number three. Lewis Hamilton and which other driver have won the most F1 Drivers' Championships with seven? We'll go... Oh, finest run, Buzz. Oh, okay. <laughs> runs with... Um, runs with... Uh, Rumarker. Oh, I was going to say, Mark, I should have, like, I just didn't want to get stopped. Oh, <laughs> oh, genius. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, that, oh, Rumaka. Rumaka. Oh, my Lord. Okay, okay, here we go. <laughs> you want a clue with this one? Which Kiwi summer scored, uh, which Kiwi swimmer scored double Olympic gold medals in the 1996 Atlanta Olympics? Daniel Lloyd. Daniel Lloyd. Beautiful. Wow, he's on fire. Told you it was gettable. Question, <laughs> <laughs> question number five. Here's a, <clears throat> a word for you. 
Question number five. <laughs> Who scored the Wellington Phoenix first ever A-League women goal? Five. Was it Four. Paige? What? Sorry? Was it Paige? No. Oh, no, it wasn't Paige. Sorry, Charlie. Unlucky, brother. Oh, no. We're, we're going to go to Brenton. Hey, boys. Hey, Brenton. Hey, mate. Chris, Hello, come on, he's timed it to perfection again. He's timed it to perfection again. Yeah. Brenton, who scored the, beauty is the Wellington the Phoenix? Yeah. Oh, you watched it? Okay. Uh, Give me the answer. Yeah. Ava Pritchard, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You've won it a couple yeah, of times, yeah. eh? Yeah. You've won this yeah. a couple of times, haven't you? You like time minutes. Thanks. Yeah, the last one, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I put a, put a multi on, 11, 11 leg multi, and I uh, hit some favourites in the American football and soccer and and returned 780 bucks. And you got it. Solid punt. Yeah, it came in. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> That's yeah. what we That's like what to hear, about. brother. Yeah, just, just got lucky, hey. I think. Do it again, mate. Do it again. Thanks, Brenton. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Have a good one, eh? Thanks, Brenton. Yes. Very good. What a great quiz. That's what we're after, eh? A little bit of generosity on a Tuesday, not far away from Christmas. Daisy's birthday. Everyone's in a good mood. We give a $50 bonus bet away. Did all the hard work as well, Charlie, from Geraldine. What a place Geraldine is too, by the way. Uh, right, it is coming up 6.50 in the morning. That was Quizzy Dag brought to you by Ashley and Martin. If you're not happy with your hair loss, make today your turning point and search Ashley and Martin online. We have heaps more coming up in the next couple of hours. We have Alice Robertson, Chris Medlin and Sam Beetson for you, so stay tuned with us. But next, next, it is Trudy's World. Trudy's <laughs> World. It's Trudy's 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 World, but it's all about Daisy today. Happy birthday to our double D Daisy Dag. <laughs> <laughs> Mum of two, gorgeous yeah. wife to our Izzy, food blogger, founder at the Rugby Pantry, cover star, New Zealand Equestrian Magazine. She's such oh, a lucky down. girl. She got KFC <laughs> for her wedding anniversary on Sunday and no present to unwrap today. Jeez, she, she's just the luckiest girl in town. She'll get a present at about 9.30, all right? A cuddle from you. <laughs> right. Um, we thought we'd sing. <laughs> right. We thought we'd sing as a gift, an SENZ breakfast gift to Daisy. I hope she's listening. You ready to sing, Joe? Because Trudy's okay. World intro is sung by Joe, so we're going to let him take the... I've seen more myself. <laughs> nah, we'll chime in. Baz is a really good singer, apparently. So, I think, shouldn't it be? Shouldn't it be a, it shouldn't it be a oh. solo from Izzy? Isn't this like? Oh, that's nine thirty. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we won't be involved in that. Okay, who goes? Okay, go. <laughs> that's the funniest thing we've ever said on air. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday yeah. to you. Oh Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Daisy. Happy 
happy birthday to you. Trudy, how come you're not singing? <laughs> I was just sitting back incredulous that that's actually going to Oi, end. My, my cows are like, they've run away. They've got sore ears. They're like running away in the pan. They're going mental. What was that, Joe? No, Beautiful. no, don't just be me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna make. I'll make sure she listens back to that. Yeah. I'll, I'll head yeah. inside and have a listen. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much, team. She's gonna. She's a special girl, and she's um. Oh, she puts up with me, so she's special. But thank you, Trudy. My pleasure. And um, you guys were talking Christmas Day food yesterday. You talked about ham and salmon and all the things you were having. I have found mm. out you can have turducken. So I'm gonna rock that out. Turducken. Do you know? Does anyone know what that is? Turkey, turkey and, chicken. and duck. Turkey stuffed with duck stuffed with chicken. Oh. Turducken. It's like what? a triple poultry boot. Mm. So I've got to order it, but doesn't that sound flash? Turducken. Do you get that at Prego? <laughs> no, I don't. Good luck. Fuck Farrow. Farrow. It's got to end in oh. O, right? Farrow, Taupo. <laughs> Poor show. Poor show. <laughs> Poncho. Prego. Anyway. <laughs> Here's your word. Very good. Thank you very much, Trudy. That was wonderful. Turducken. Hey, um, hey uh, one thing you mentioned about uh, 10 days ago on your news was, remember the, you mentioned Chris Sharp and he does the um, the artwork for... Uh, the Dunedin guy, yeah. Sharon? Yeah. I, I know him really well. I went to school with him. I was like, is that the cr- same Chris Sharp? I went to school with him. He used to play football with him. He's an absolute ripper. He's an out there sort of dude, but he's doing wonderful things. So Let's nice pickup, Trudy. Nice pickup. Yeah, we'll try and get him on. That's a good shout. He lives over there. In LA now, doing all good things for Ed Sheeran, and he must be making mint as well. So good on him. We'll steer him into fine flies in the crack moon. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Trudy. We've got heaps more coming up after the news. We've got Alice Robinson. We're going to talk some skiing. How good will that be for now? We are craving a McCafe. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find Jimmy Choo Man 30 mil for just $34.99. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Tuesday, the 14th of December, and it's just after 7 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We had a good hour. We spoke about vaccinations in college sport. New Zealand Rugby have just come out and mandated vaccinations compulsory for teenage and club rugby players, and it's huge, huge news today, and they're one of the first organisations to mandate that. And, well, we kind of thought there's going to be a bit of an uproar from it. We're going to lose some potential players, but it is what it is. It's the only way forward. And um, New Zealand Rugby and Steve Lancaster have made that decision. So great to chat about that this morning. And coming up on the show, we're going to talk some Winter Olympics, some All Blacks, as we've seen. The All Blacks have just um, announced that Joe Smith is taking over from Grant Fox as the selector of the All Blacks, and it's a great get, great ploy from um, New Zealand Rugby and the All Blacks with uh, Joe Smith having so much success in the Northern Hemisphere and, well, seeing what had happened at the end of the year tour, I think it'll be only good for the All Blacks going forward. Coming up, we're going to talk some F1 Championship with our good mate Chris Chris Medlin over there. It's still transpiring over in Abu Dhabi as Mercedes have plotted another protest. So it's a gift that keeps on giving. And we're going to chat a bit more about that with Chris Medlin and he'll give us a bit more detail behind the scenes. And then Sam Beetson 
of Riversley Park. Bloodstock sold Golden 60, and Golden 60 is a great horse over in Hong Kong. 16 straight wins, 18 million bucks in money, and untouchable over the mile. So looking forward to chatting to Sam Beatson. But right now it's time to talk some Winter Olympics. She's only 20 years old. But the fearless nature, Alice Robinson, sends herself to the mountainside for her line of work. And her work make her brave beyond her years. The downhill skier nabbed her career best result of fourth in the Super G World Cup at St. Mortise on the weekend. The competition was her first time ever skiing the run, making her fourth quite staggering. She's on the track to represent New Zealand at the Winter Olympics with distinction next year. And she's on the line right now. We really appreciate her giving up her time. Good morning, Alice. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. Hey, congratulations on uh, your success on the weekend. You must be really, really happy with how things are tracking towards February when the Beijing 2022 uh, Winter Olympics are, are happening. You must be pretty happy with how things are tracking at the moment. Yeah, no, it's super exciting. It was, yeah, a really good weekend to me. Just kind of, this is like getting into Super G, which is like my second discipline now. Um, and to get like a, a fourth is amazing and it's um, really exciting and it's pretty cool kind of heading into Beijing with another and under the belt a little bit more. So um, I'm pretty excited with like the way it's heading. Still got a couple of months to go though, so I'm just going to try and keep on track. Can you give us a bit more of an understanding the difference from the Super G and the giant slalom discipline? I know you do both now, and Super G is your new discipline. Can you give us a little steer into what's the difference? Yeah, so giant slalom, it's considered like a technical discipline. So the turns yeah. are a lot closer together. You're not going as fast. It's a bit more about the technique. And then Super G is considered like a speed. So it's a lot She might have cut out. Might have, she might have cut out over there in Switzerland. She's a busy girl. But, mate, have you seen those girls when they go down the hill? All those men, like, they are generating some G-force and they are going from side to side. They must have knees of steel. The way they get horizontal to the ground, you know, getting all, pretty much their shoulders are touching the, the, the snow and just... The ability just to get down there and oh, just gives me sore patellas looking at it, eh? But very, very good at what they do. And these will be no good for that anyway, bro. But so she's from um, she's from Queenstown, Alice as well. So it's a long way from home for a twenty-year-old in this current climate mm. uh, on the road and with COVID and all that. I guess she's sort of she's chasing her dream though. So we'll be hopefully we'll get her back shortly. Just having a couple of issues trying to get a hold of her, such as life on the phone line when you're ringing all the way over there in Switzerland. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if she's got a support network around her as well, mate. And, um, you know, is, is she just travelling with on her own or has she got her parents or uh, or friends with her as well? So it'd be, it'd be good to chat to her. Um, hopefully we can get her back soon. But, yeah, it is fascinating sport, that's for sure. I think we might have Alice now. Is Hey, Alice, it's, uh, it's Baz here now. I was just uh, talking about the fact that you're from Queenstown and, you're a long way from home at, at a reasonably young age. You got a support network over there with you, or you're just flying solo? Yeah, no, I've got a pretty good support group over here. I have, like, um, a couple of my coaches, my physio, and 
um, my service guys and like um, I kind of train with a group of other girls from different countries over here. So it's kind of like second home over here just because I've been coming over here since I was like 15. So pretty used to it now. But yeah, it's always a bit hard, especially in times like these with COVID being so far away. But um, kind of worth it when you're competing. And, and I guess living your dream as well. Is this something you always wanted to wanted to do, and and you've just been at it from a young age? Yeah, well, I can't. I never really pictured myself being like a, a skier when I was little, little. But I always wanted to do um, sports. Like I always loved doing sports, and um, I guess when I started skiing, um, and when I got a little bit older, it was kind of just yeah, I decided that I wanted to do it, and it just kind of it just kind of happened. But it wasn't really like a it wasn't really what I planned on doing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, hey, tell us about um, the, the you're obviously from Queenstown. We're very lucky in New Zealand to have such good slopes, good terrain, good mountains to go skiing on. Are they pretty similar around the world? Like you're currently in Switzerland. You've just been at St. Maltese. Are they pretty similar conditions so you're able to adapt re- relatively quickly and, and you know, getting a bit more of an understanding of the mountain. We've got pretty good terrain here. Yeah, I mean, Queenstown, it's got, you know, great mountains. And, like, Coronet Peak, where I grew up skiing, is really cool. And it's a great mountain. But I guess over here, everything's just just a much larger scale. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you're just kind of driving anywhere in Switzerland and Italy and Austria, and there's just ski lifts everywhere. I guess that's kind of the main difference, but... In terms of like being able to train it, the training in New Zealand's amazing to um, to get you kind of prepared for the World Cup circuit. So it's really lucky that I get to train at home quite a lot. Yeah, nice. I love Queenstown and Coronet. Yeah, I've tried to get my bad knees down there, so oh, I can get an understanding what what your body goes through, and I can <laughs> only imagine. I was telling Baz before, what goes in to to actually putting your body to be able to handle that. Um, you know, I was watching a couple of those races, like your knees, all the, just everything, all the things that are going through those knees. Like, well, tell us a bit more about the training that goes in behind the scenes to be able to endure what goes through your bodies um, during those downhill slopes. Quite, quite a lot of training, I guess. Like, like in my preseason, I try, I have to do like. Oh. Yelps, the goddess oh. again is. Oh, uh, goddess. Yeah. Lights, eh? Yeah. Paid the phone bill? Joe, have you paid the phone bill, Joe? <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll try to get her back. We've lost her again, but are we? yeah, just fascinating. Eh? And we've got a, such a good team, um, Bears. Um, Alice Robinson, Nico Paulius, who we, we actually spoke to Nico a couple of months ago, and he's. If you haven't watched Nico, go watch him on YouTube. He is one of the crazy ones. <laughs> he does some crazy, crazy tricks uh, out there on the on the slopes, and um, so he's one of the ones to watch. And then Zoe Sadowski Sinnott, she's really, really good. So we've got a really good squad that are potentially going to go to the Olympics and pick up another medal at our Winter Olympics. And um, yeah, I was going to yeah, we've got a really strong squad that's going to do great things. So. And she's part of that, Alice Robinson. We're going to try and get her back online now. She's back there. Is she, Joe? Hey, um, oh, yeah. There you go, Is She's back online. Now. Hey there, Alice. 
Hey, there, Alice. Okay, cool. Hey, Alice. Hey, Alice. <laughs> Sorry, we're just having a few, a few, te- a few technical difficulties over there. I don't. I think I think Joe hasn't paid the <laughs> phone bill, so we'll have to sort them out afterwards. Um, but yeah, tell us about a bit better your training. That what goes in to to be able to give you so much success on the slopes. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of, like, in the off-season, it's just a lot in the gym. Um, like, kind of a variation between, like, strength training and cardio. So, yeah, quite a, lot of, quite a lot of that. And then we also just train a lot on snow because it's kind of hard to anything you do in the gym. doesn't really replicate what you're doing on the slopes exactly. So, just have to try and do a lot of, like, on the slopes. But, yeah, it's, it's a very, very difficult um, sport on the body and there's a lot of, a lot of knees that don't that come out very battered and bruised for sure. Oh. Alice, do you get a chance to have a bit of fun over there as well? And what is fun over there in uh, in Switzerland with all all the team? Um, yeah, no, it's been like a good year. I mean, like I was in North America for a bit, so we got to go to like New York for a few days when we had a few days off. So it's kind of awesome, just traveling around and getting to see some pretty cool places. So that's kind of what we're doing. But now our schedule's pretty pretty hectic till the Olympics are kind of competing like every weekend and every other weekday. So it's not much time to do anything else really. Oh no, you're gonna have to catch that up when you finish the Olympics. But anyway, hey um do you reckon this is a bit of a, a golden era for snow sports with, with all you all your the younger crew that's coming coming through and ready to rip into the Olympics? Yeah, I think it's um, it's really exciting time for snow sports. You know, with like Nico and Zoe so well as um, well, I and mean, then me kind of. Oh well, and we might have to let Alice go there. It seems that the old the Alps win win out again. Hey, our our lack of ability on the slopes has come back to uh, to bite us. Unfortunately, is but we appreciate. <laughs> Alice joining us on Baz Nizzy for breakfast, and she's doing wonderful things over there. And that, Do you ever head up the mountain, mate? Thing. No, mate. Um, it's a bit cold, to be honest. I sort of like the hotter <laughs> times. Um, and I guess because like I, I kind of got into cricket early, and you're never allowed, mm-hmm. like with your contracts, you're never allowed to, to do those. I'm sure it's the same in rugby. Um, yeah. So you had to yeah. sign your contracts. So I mean, you couldn't participate in those sports without... Um, without some sort of ability at them. So I missed that boat. Um, I like the idea of mulled wine, but on the, the whole sort of skiing and snowboarding thing, I kind of miss that. But I appreciate their, the genius that they are, though. Are you the same mm. with that, mate? Like, or do you get out and about? Up um, slopes? I was the same during during rugby. We weren't allowed to, play, uh, to go up the mountain, so never went up the mountain. Uh, but since I've retired, yeah. We've hit up, we've hit it up a few times. Went up to Coronet, and um, where Alice is, is that's her home track. And yeah, it's a great, great slalom, great slopes up there. And and got onto it, but my knees, because I retired because of my knee, my knee can't really handle it for a long period of time, and I have to take a few, a few anti-inflammatories. So I, I have a wee go, but it's cool for the kids; they really enjoy it and, and getting up there. But I was the same, mate. Contract torn up if they knew I was going up the mountains. So too much to risk, mate, and had to wait till I retired. Well, she yeah, she's doing wonderful things, Alice, over there, and she was mentioning um, the young team as well that they've got, and they're starting to do some pretty awesome things on 
on the big stage. So we wish them all the best and hope their preparations are good. It's a shame we didn't get to say goodbye to Alice, but we thank her for joining us on the show. Good Queenstown girl yep. flying the flag overseas. That's what we like to see, and hopefully they have some success. Right, we're going to keep moving along here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're going to change from the slopes of Switzerland to maybe a little bit of rugby chat. We're going to talk about Joe Smith coming into the All Black Selection post and Grant Fox's is leaving, which was a planned move, so it's not like he's replaced him. But Joe Smith mm. maybe bringing in some reinforcements. Maybe Ian Foster has listened to the people and he has decided he needs a little bit more expertise, a little bit more experience around him. Joe Smith is coming in. We're going to chat that after the break. A big thanks to Chemist Warehouse from us here at Baz Nizzi for breakfast. Great savings every day. It is 7.22 here in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Well, it was great to chat to Alice Robinson. Unfortunately, we weren't quite able to say goodbye to her, but we appreciate her time, and she's doing wonderful things over there for New Zealand downhill skiing. We are going to start to talk a little bit of rugby in just a second. The news that Joe Smith is coming in as Chief Selector of the All Blacks, which is a fascinating play for me and Foster, and maybe a slight cry or a plea for help, which is not a bad thing when you're in leadership positions. You don't always have to do it all yourself. Rip through a couple of these text messages. Uh, Revaccinations, which the point is, was making before. Here, here, is he 100% agree with you and New Zealand rugby stance? Thanks for making sense. Cheers, Tim, the teacher. We've got, hey guys, could you do a shout out, please? We're not really into shout outs. We'll do a quick one today because we're feeling generous. Rod Scoop Langton, he always listens to you two on the way to work. So, big shout out to you, Rod. That is from Mark. Uh, we also have Zaid has said, good morning team, me Zaid here, first one of the season for the Heat over the Melbourne Renegades, up the Heat, Zaid, good on you mate, they're on a roll, don't call it a heater, don't call it a heater, the boys are up, they're going, it's the season <laughs> of the Brisbane Heat, maybe I've gone off a bit early, but anyway, hey, um, let's chat this Joe Smith thing is, uh, Grant Fox was always leaving his post as, as Chief Selector, yep. but in anyone's eyes would they have seen someone of the caliber of Joe Smith coming in to take over? Um, oh, I, don't, I don't think it was part of the original plan, but since Joe was kind of already committed to the, to the Blues and he's part of New Zealand Rugby, I think it was always um, probably the most viable option. Um, why? Because we've seen what's unfolded over in Northern Hemisphere. Teams over there have, have kind of had the wool over the All Blacks as of late. Um, and and, the, and Joe was one of the first kind of um, co- vital parts to the cog of, of why Ireland had so much success, particularly in 2018, back-to-back wins. And, um, you know, he has a real understanding. He knows what how the Northern, Hemisth- teams, Northern Hemisphere teams will approach the All Blacks. So I can see it as just only being a, a, an added bonus to to why um, Fozzie has got them in there. And um, the one thing why... The Northern Hemisphere's teams have have kind of tr- troubled the All Blacks. It's it's the rush defence. I mean, the yeah, the rush defence on on the All Blacks attack. The, you've seen as of late, teams have got off of the line. They put so much pressure on the All Blacks, and the All Blacks haven't been able to re- adapt and react to it. And Joe Smith, and particularly Andy Farrell, who Andy Farrell is the head coach of Ireland at the moment, were kind of the leaders, the ones that really started that transition for the All Blacks uh, being put under pressure and seeing them not being able to adapt and react. So. Joe Smith is in New Zealand now. He he was uh, Andy Farrell was head coach of Ireland. He was his understudy when Joe Smith was there. 
So he will have a real idea and a real understanding of what Andy Farrell is trying to do, particularly with Ireland. So he'll be able to share those insights with Ian Foster and, um, and, and help Ian out. And not particularly just Ian, he could be able to help the understudies, the coaches, Brad Moores, if they still go down the lines with Brad Moores, they've got um, John Plumtree as well. Um, so for me, I love it. I love what it's about. It's only going to help the team. It's only going to help um, Fozzie. And you spoke about it, mate. I know um, Louis's got a bit of audio that we're going to play that you spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. And it's no, it's not a bad thing. You're not, you're not giving in. You spoke about it. You've been there. You're a leader. And how it can only help him. And we're going to play that audio a bit now. I think Ian Foster has to find a way to bring someone in who may not be one of his posse, may not be one of his circle of, of friends or trust, but he needs to bring someone in who's got that steel and that ability to be able to reignite the fire within some of those older boys and to put the fear of God up some of those younger boys as well to understand that their obligations as an all-black side is that they are to win 90 to 92% of their games because that's what the country expects of them and that's what they've bought into. So if I was in Ian Foster's position, and hey, maybe in the coming weeks or months we might find out and we might see it happen, but I would absolutely love if he brought in someone like a Richie McCaw, whether it be him or someone with a bit of steel, someone who's, and they don't have to be there day in, day out. They bring them in, spark them up, and then they move on. Stephen mm-hmm. Fleming, remember, spent five days with the Black Caps environment on the cusp of the T20 World Cup. How vital could that contribution have been to their overall ability to travel through to the final? Little things like that. Fozzie, you're in the chair, my friend. If I, I don't know you. I've never met you. But if I was you, bring someone in who you may not necessarily like, but who you may just need. Wow. Bez, you're on the board. I wish I could pick horses like that. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you were on the money. You were on the money. I was listening to every single word, and you are right on the money. And 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 I want to ask the question, was this, was this an Ian Foster call, or was this a New Zealand rugby call? You know, that, that's that's well, kind of the... That was a question I was about to ask you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Oh, man, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I know I'm 50-50, mate. I'm, I'm on, I don't know. I, I actually don't know. I, I, I know Smothy, uh, Fozzie, Smothy, Fozzie would have been, he would have been right up for it. But then with him being in New Zealand and what's, what's happened over in, in, in the end of the year tour, I think New Zealand Rugby has approached him and said, would you potentially be in line to help your West? Look, I don't know. We, we, we have to get someone on and, and find out because would you, mate, if you're head coach, would you bring Joe Smith in if he was in New Zealand? If you're head coach, would you bite the bullet, put your ego on the hook and say, yeah, I need some help here, bring him in? Yeah, yeah I would. If, if it was a glaringly obvious um, situation where you did need someone like that, Absolutely, mate. I, I don't think no, it's it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength that you're mm. you're able to say that I don't know everything here. And and also players, mate, they respond to a little bit of vulnerability. They always do. They like to know that yep. their leader is in charge, but they also not like to know that their leader is real and can be and can also admit when things aren't necessarily um, flowing for them as well. And they need a bit of a little bit of help and. I think it's a, sh- a mm. sign of strength. I'd hope that it was Ian Foster, not maybe imposed on him by New Zealand Rugby Union. I guess next, the next question, and the question I have for you is, is 
is this the end of it or do we need more resource? Do you see more changes being made to the, the leadership um, team within the All Blacks, the coaching structure, the assistant coaches, etc.? Do you see this as the final, the final play or do you think there'll be more to come? I think there'll be more to come. And we've had a text from Chris. He's asked any word on the All Blacks review or New Zealand rugby above talking to the public. New Zealand rugby is as bad as America's Cup. We don't know, and, and the review is currently going at the moment, and it, and it won't be out until January, February. But I, I think there'll be more to come from it. Um, if I'm completely honest, I, yeah, I can potentially see um, a couple of changes there or thereabouts within the All Blacks environment. Um, and this is only the start with Joe Smith coming in. Yes, he's a selector, but whether he has more of an input than a selector does, we know what Grant Fox did. He was a selector, but he travelled to all the games. He didn't have too much input, but he was a selector. He, he had a big input on how the team was selected. Will Joe Smith have a bit more of a role than Grant Fox did? I think so. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. And they'd be foolish not to as well. And that is exactly what Costa mm -hmm. reckons. Great call with Smith, boys. Makes sense. He's on the payroll. Pay they'd be fools not to use him. That is from Costa. Thank you very much, Costa. We want to hear from you guys as well. We're going to get off to the news in just a second. But at 7.40, roughly, we want to take your calls on the Kennard's High phone line on this very subject. Joe Smith comes in. Is Ian Foster pulled this rain? New Zealand Rugby pulled the rain. Is this just a start? Or is this the exact tonic we need to be able to just transform the All Blacks to that 90 92% win ratio that we expect from them? High demands, but that's what we expect from our All Blacks. They are the best team in the world, and they have been for a long period of time that comes with the expectations. But we want to hear from you on the Kennard's High phone line, 0800 150 811, or also on the text 8833. But don't just text us. We want to hear from you. Give us a shout, and that'll be around 7.40. We'll dedicate some time to taking your calls. But for now, we're off to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It is 27 minutes away from 8am this morning. Joey Schmidt into the setup. Oh, master stroke if you ask me. I'm loving this. If you can't get Razor, something needed to give. That's my two cents. 0800 150 811. The Kennards Hire phone line is there for you and the boys want to hear from you. We all do. So give us a call on the Kennards Hire phone line. Lads, a couple of little news stories to get us through. Uh <laughs> Chris Medlin's coming up after 8am out of Abu Dhabi. He's a just top-line Formula 1 reporter. Max Verstappen partied till daybreak after Formula 1 win, but that's because he only really finished up all his media obligations after midnight last night. So for us, 11pm Abu Dhabi time is 8am our time. We only got that result that he won just before 11pm last night in Abu Dhabi, and they kicked and kicked and kicked. And uh, apparently there were boats involved, there were clubs involved, there was Craig David involved, and actually Toto Wolf, who's the uh, the main man at Mercedes, who was kind of feuding. That, you know, there's feuding that goes on, sports feuding. They put in the appeals. He was actually spotted partying with the Red Bull team. They kind of bumped into each other and they all stuck each other up on their shoulders and had a pretty good session. So we have to ask Chris Medland if he's A, hungover and tired, if he managed to get out there with them or if he was still at the desk keeping us up to date with all the Formula One. 
news in the world. And in the Premier League, bit of a developing situation. 42. You think this is, you want to know what's a far world away from what we're living in here in New Zealand at the moment? 42 Premier League players and staff tested positive for COVID-19 in the past week. The most recorded in the league over a seven-day period. And we can't even get a trans-Tasman rugby competition to probably get off the ground. Speaking, thinking about what Rob Nickel was saying and Carl Budge last week. 42 people in the Premier League have COVID over the last week. This is insane. Um, so it's just a look, I'm not saying one's right or wrong. That's just the cold hard facts about it. Brighton, Tottenham, Leicester, Man United, and Aston Villa all have confirmed cases. United's game with Brentford is in doubt tomorrow. So there you go. That's what's going on there. But um, as far as Joe Schmidt goes, I think this is exactly what was needed and it's great to go find that audio of Baz kind of the Nostradamus himself the Oracle <laughs> yeah right on the money right on the money Baz you were but no thanks for that update there Louis we update around the world yeah right yeah there's a lot going on around the world and we struggle to even let people in our country but that's all right we'll get there one day and get it sorted but yeah Joe Smith the Joe Smith news is huge and we've Opened up the lines for you out there to give us a call on the Kennard Tire phone line 0800-150-811. Do you like the decision and why? Was this a New Zealand rugby decision or do you reckon Fozzie reached out to Joe Smith for a wee little lead and a bit of help and a bit more of an understanding of what Northern Hemisphere are trying to do to unlock this All Blacks? I can only see positives from it and I think it's, a, it's yes, a selector is a name, but there'll be more to it behind the scenes. He will have a bit more of an input into that um, team, I feel, anyway. So we're going to open up the wee phone lines after a wee little break, and uh, we'll get into it. Hey, Skip, we'll be back very shortly. It's 7.37 in the morning on on SCNZ. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Yeah, that's right. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. 7.42 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're talking Joe Smith. He has signed up for the All Blacks selector, taken over from Grant Fox. Grant Fox was in there for 10 or so years. So he's moved on, and Joe Smith is in. But I feel like there is more to this. There is more than just being a select, and we've posed the question to you. Do you like the decision and why? Was this an NZRU decision or was Foster crying out for some bit of help from the Northern Hemisphere? And we've opened up the call lines on the Kenata Tire phone line, 0800-150-811. Den, give us a call. Brother, give us a call on the, on the Kenata Tire phone line and we will chat to you. But right now we've got Dean on the line from Ooh. Dunedin. Good morning, Dean. Come on, Dean. How you getting on, guys? All right? We're good. We're good, Dean. <laughs> you, you're happy you about it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, for me, as much as I hate seeing the All Blacks lose, I honestly believe if we didn't, we were going to be in huge trouble. They've got, mm. yeah, if we can't get Razor Robinson, we've got the next best guy to help out. Like, Aussie can't be that bad. He just needs a bit of a hand. Pitch less enough. But, yep. um, yep, look forward to it. But consistent of, consistency of selection is what we need. The game's not that hard. We've got the cattle. That's all here. We might mm. need to work, weave it on our front row, but just pick the same guys week after week after week. I don't care if the rest of the world knows what we're going to do. They've got to stop us. Yeah. Yeah, Love the wolves have been circling for Very a while, powerful. that's for sure. Hey, Dean, what uh, do, you reckon, do you reckon that's uh, that's it, or, or do you think there's more to come? 
hopefully there's more to come. To be brutally honest, I hope there's more to come. I think Scott McLeod in defence is doing a good job. We can't really be too critical of that. The French ran it at us. The fullback done some stuff. When did the last all-black fullback do something? I know Geordie's an outstanding goal kicker, but put him at centre. But that's just my opinion. We Ooh. need Will Jordan on a third of the field to me is ridiculous. This is just how you, 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 want Will at, you want Will at fullback? Absolutely. He's the best in the world. We've seen it in Super Rugby. It's the hardest competition on the planet. He was outstanding. Middle he had some fabulous players around, but when you're in the All Blacks, they're kind of good too, aren't they? So I don't get why yeah. you put him on the wing. You want all your... Oh, I love that. I love that, Dino. You have, you've come with some absolute heat, and I really enjoy your call, mate. So thanks so much for calling in. We're going to react to that. Will Jordan, fullback. Geordie Barrett moving to the centres. Thanks so much, Dino. Have a good day, brother. Cheers, mate. Bye. There you go. That is Dean. He has come in hot with some, well, pretty passionate kind of calls. And I, I'm for it, mate. I like, I like it. And Dino, we, we, we questioned him a couple of times, but he's coming, and he's coming with the goods, Baz. Yeah, well, well, that sort of leads us into the next point as well, mate. And Geordie Barrett, there's a bit of chat around Geordie Barrett wanting to play second mm. five eight. So, if you move yep. Will Jordan to the back, then Geordie Barrett could he move into twelve? Do you think he's got the game to move mm. to twelve? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We we know he's he he's a physical player. We know he runs some great lines. He runs. He's a very uncompromised player. Defensively sound, doesn't miss tackles. He enjoys the the contest. That's why he's come out and said he'd love to play a bit of NRL because he loves the physical aspect of rugby and and, and, the, and the contact sport. So I can see him, no doubt, being in as well. But no, I, I, for me, Geordie is a fullback. I spoke about last week with, with when we had Will Jordan on. I love him at wing because Will, less is best for Will, I feel. Less is best for Will. The less decision-making he has to do and you just give him the ball to be able to unleash what he does on that field, that for me is where you get the best Will, Will Jordan. Less is best for Will. And that is only my opinion. And for 12, look, I'm going to say it. I feel like they're playing David Harvey wrong in the 12 position. He is not a battering ram. He is not going to smash you over the line and bowl people out of the way. He is a, a playmaker. He is a he is a distributor. He is a guy that's got kicking kick off both feet. So he is a different twelve. And whether they want that or not, I'm unsure. And whether you out there want that, do you want a Ma'anoni someone or a Nani Naomapi? Because when Nani was here, no one liked him because he was only one dimensional. All he did was ran straight, ran up hard, didn't have a passing game. Now David Harvilli's not doing that. We want a Nani Lamapi. We want someone to be a battening ram. We want someone just to get us over the advantage line. So the thing is, we need to figure out what we want from our 12. Do we want our 12 to be a battering ram? Or do we want our 12 to be a distributor? Do you want them to get you over the advantage line? Or do you want them to hit Geordie Barrett on the bounce line, getting the ball wired to our wings when we got Rico Ioani, Sevi Reese out there, Will Jordan, guys like that, where you want them to get the ball? The more times they get the ball, the more times the All Blacks create things. So surely then, like, that leads us on to the next question. If you want a playmaker at 12, then then what does your 10 mm. and 13 require? Like, what's the complementary skills for them, for those guys and, and who would likely fit in and around David Harvey if you want him to be the playmaker rather than the battering ram? Well, 13, for me, I, I feel like Anton's a 13 because Anton can, can play that physical game. He can play that 
you know, run good solid lines, run some nice inside shoulder lines for me. Anton is a 13. Rico is a wing. Reason I say that, but Rico has proved me wrong this year. He has played so good at centre when he's been at centre. He's been one of our best players, and he's he's actually added a lot of strength to his bow. He can bounce in, he can bounce out. Traditionally, he'd just go on the outside because he's so quick, but now he's actually beating people on the inside as well. So, But for me, Anton, Davey, and it's just the 10 position. I'm stuck on 10. I'm unsure. Um, I think Bodie was going really well towards the end of the year when he had more time in the saddle. Um, but then, you know, Richie, we know how good he is when he gets going. So I'm stuck. But for me, a 12 is a guy that can do it all and a guy that can actually... If you watch um, David Harvey during the Super Rugby, his ability to work with Richie Moonga is so good because he helps Richie out on the field. So he'll go on the right side, Richie will go on the left side. Gives you those two kicking options, a real good option to be able to distribute, to get the ball wide, to kick. So um, for me, that's someone like him. But he's he's not going to be the guy that's just going to bowl people out of the way. That's not the David Harvey that that's you know that's going to be be out there. So yeah, it's what what do they want? What do they want? But anyway, we've gone off topic here. It's all about Joe Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it though. I like it. So it's really interesting because I, I sort of look and I think, well, it actually starts from nine. Like Aaron Smith gives mm. good quality ball, and there's no one better than a Bowden Barrett running on to go for quality ball set up from your four pack, right? Yeah. And if, if Bowden Barrett's running onto that, then he's got the ability to be able to utilize David Harvey. He doesn't need a battering ram as such. He can have an mm. outside playmaker as well. So you've got then hit them with both kind of um, hit them on, on both sides and then if you've got Anton Leonard Brown there as well then you've got your Rico Iwani you've got your Will George you've got your Geordie Barrett like you've got an explosive back line if you're getting laboured ball from nine to Bowden Barrett then I think you're you're asking a genius to play um, in, in an area which is not not so strong for him I think if it's laboured ball then Richie Mwanga is a better player and therefore you need a battering ram at 12 just in case you get caught if that makes sense it's sort of mm. And now keep in mind, I'm putting a massive disclaimer. I'm, I'm, I'm not the rugby fella here. But this is just a, a real layman's look at, at sort of how you kind of line things up. But like lining up a cricket team, you know. You can't all be Flash yep. Harrys. You need the grafters, the grinders in mm. there. And then you put a grafter yep. and a grinder in amongst a Flash Harry. And, and you try and you manipulate your lineup to be able to have a little mm. bit of, a little bit of um, variation right throughout it. And I think it, it's surely the same with a... Um, with a, an all-black side, and, and it allows you to be able to then come up with the right combinations. One thing I will say is, you underestimated Will Jordan on the golf course the other day as well, and he <laughs> might have done you mentally. So maybe he's a little mentally stronger than what you think and might be able to play fullback too. <laughs> no. No, 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 he can't. He can't. <laughs> Look, he can. I'm not saying he can't play fullback. He, he didn't, mate. I was... I was Half a box of pals deep, mate. That's the only reason he beat me on a big day. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Will Jordan can play can play fullback. Don't get me wrong, but I just love him on the wing because less is best for Will, and the more freedom he has. Whereas fullback, you've got to be that first receiver on on both sides. You've got to be the distributor. You've got to be a guy that, that that's finding space, kicking it wide if, if Richie or George, um or if Bodie's tied up. You know, you got to help him out. So for me. I don't want him to be caught up in that role. I just want him to be free and roaming and have no responsibilities and you get that more on the wing than you do at fullback, I feel, uh, from my time playing both positions. So that is my reasoning um, on why he 
is a winger. But Dino seen otherwise, and, and that's what we love about this, this radio station. We open up the phone lines, and we want you to come through, and plenty of texts are coming through as well. So, um, yeah, it's great. It's great conversation. Yeah, it is, mate. We'll carry that on a little bit later on too because you guys are hot on this subject on the double eight double three phone lines. Great thoughts from you, Is, and I love the fact that you've, uh, you're back and Geordie Barrett in there at the back as well. It'll be interesting to see what happens around his league aspirations or all, all the little conversations in around that too. We might get some time to chat that just a little in just a little while. We've still got heaps more to come up on the show. We've got Chris Medlin just after eight and then Sam Beatson towards the back end of our show around 40 minutes past eight. But for now, we're going to get off for a little break. We'll be back very soon. Coming up to 8am, so many texts through on the text line on double eight double three. Let's rip through a couple, Ken. Guys, what, what we want is Roger Tuivasi Shek at 12 and Rico Iwani at 13, not wing. Cheers, Ken. Then we've got Smith, Bowden, Rico, Harvelli, Jordy, Reese, Jordan. Please, Joe, work it out. That's from Dean. Hey, just a quick one is before the news where we get off to Trudy. Um, how will the players view Joe Smith coming in? Positive or negative? Oh, mate, I, I, 100% I reckon they're positive, positive about it. It can only be a positive. And, and I only speak on, on my experiences with Ireland and, and what he was able to do for Ireland and achieve when we were playing them and how much respect I had for him and just really wanted to get a good understanding of what he's about. I can only get a real glimpse and, and understand that these boys will be right up for, for the difference that he'll be able to bring to the All Blacks. Um, give them a bit more of an understanding of what the rush defence is trying to do and how Ireland's been able to, to put them under so much pressure over the last couple of years, I can only see um, them being up, right up for it and just getting a dip, different voice and different eyes uh, from the Northern Hemisphere for sure. Beautiful. A word they probably don't know up there in Ireland, but a word which he comes with plenty of, and that's mana. Joe Smith joins the All Blacks set up. How good is that going to be? Time will tell. There might be more to come as well. We've got heaps more to come on this show. Chris Medlin after the break. Talking Formula One, talking Verstappen versus Hamilton and the controversy which unfolded. We've also got Sam Beatson talking Golden 60 and the success of the best miler in the world who he pre-trained along with a whole heap of other superstars. So heaps more to come here. We are off to track down some cafe coffees and here is Trudy with the news, Victor Boda. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ Tuesday, the 14th of December. Special day in the Dag household. Hope you're having a good Tuesday so far. This is Baz and Izzy's last week on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're not going away forever. We're back in a couple of weeks. We're going to just enjoy our summer. Baz will be doing some cricket and I'll just be chilling out and gizzy, not going to Rhythm and Vines, but that's all right. I'm too old for that anyway. <laughs> Had a good day so far. We talked about Joe Smith. He's joined the All Blacks. And, well, some good texts coming through on the text line. Keep those coming through throughout the morning. And we'll react to those. Roger, two of us, a check from Ken Plan 12. Ooh, I can't wait. If there's something I'm looking forward to next year, seeing how big Roger goes in the Super Rugby Pacific competition. Anyway, coming up on the show, we're going to talk to... We're going to talk to Sam Beatson of Riversley Park, Bloodstock, and he's going to talk about the Golden 60, which he sold in the ready-to-run sales in 2017. And, well, it's a special horse with 16 straight wins and 18 million bucks in money. He's won, well, 
Speaking of money, there is plenty over in Abu Dhabi, and well, there's plenty being made from the F1 drivers as well. Lewis Hamilton, he's right up there, drives, flies his own jet. And well, Max Verstappen, after winning it, he'll have his own jet for his whole family. So there you go, they were all up and about. It's time for our McCafe coffee catch-up, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of McCafe coffee being consumed in Abu Dhabi because 24 hours, four hours on, and there might be two sorts of hangovers for Red Bull and Mercedes following yesterday's Formula One climax. Max Verstappen was eventually crowned champion nearly five hours after the race. After two protests from Mercedes were eventually dismissed. They aren't keen to give up yet, though, with an appeal of the decision likely. Chris Medlin was yesterday right in the heart of it in Abu Dhabi. He was in the media scrum. He was have all the ins and outs of what's going on in the aftermath. And he's with us this morning. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. I know you're a, a busy man. We appreciate you. You were outstanding on the show last week. So thanks very much. How's the heart rate, mate? How are you going? Oh, well, I've got to admit, sorry, firstly, because I said I'd try and join you guys about this time yesterday and stuff got in the way. I, <laughs> I got okay. invited by Craig David to go on a yacht and I just had to take <laughs> off on it. So, um, <laughs> no, it, it was, it's worth it was crazy. It, it, was, it was an absolutely crazy night. Um, I know I wasn't on a yacht for any listeners that didn't listen last week. I have no idea what I'm on about. Um, yeah, I was uh, flat out at the track trying to find out what was going to go on. We're trying to work out if the championship is going to be decided then and there. Uh, it kind of has, kind of hasn't been um it's all a bit sad really like it's been an epic season it's been crazy it's been full of controversy and then we're kind of working out essentially if a refereeing decision was right or not to then round it all off so do you think that the the right decision was made so mercedes they had a valid point to be able to protest those two protests during the race are they is it valid or are they just being sore losers here and and give us your bit more of an understanding of what you've seen over there being there so one of the protests wasn't valid. It was um, they tried to protest that Max Verstappen had overtaken Lewis Hamilton behind the safety car just before they restarted for the final lap. And I mean, he went like you know two inches ahead of him when he was alongside, and they were crawling along. It was just cat and mouse games, and and there was no they weren't racing, so that was nothing, and that got um, dismissed uh, rightly. But the the second one, yeah, I do think they have a valid argument. Um, I, I, the way you look at the rules, the way they've always been applied, uh, the way that race director Michael Massey has. Um, even explained in the past how they're applied, uh, were applied differently just to make sure we got one lap of racing and that it took place between Hamilton and Verstappen with nobody in between them um, and kind of it disregarded everything that had gone on before in the race and how other rules have been used um, just to set it up for a finale. And really, um, that hurt Hamilton's chances and helped Verstappen's. Um, and the killer here is that you know, Verstappen is a massively worthy world champion and we should really be talking about how great he is. Um, and what a fantastic yeah. title it is that he's won. But sadly, because of the manner in which the final lap was created, uh, we're talking about something that was completely out of his hands. He did nothing wrong. He drove brilliantly and overtook Hamilton to win the race. Hamilton did nothing wrong. He, he led the race for the whole way through, and then circumstances were created that put him on the back foot for the final lap. Um, neither driver's done anything wrong here. That's what's really frustrating. But I, I think the way the, uh, the regulations were interpreted or used um, was not particularly fair and it was more to create uh, the finish to the championship that um, most people were kind of hoping for. So, yeah, that's what I'm kind of getting, like, because they're such big teams and, and from watching 
the Netflix here, you can get a bit more of an understanding of how big they are and what's behind the scenes. Do you feel like this is more of the team making these decisions, making these calls, and how are the drivers reacting to all this? How's Lewis Hamilton, how's Max Verstappen? Are they getting amongst the fights and the cat fights, or are they just sitting back and, and staying humble about it? Yeah, they're both staying humble about it. It's it's um it's down to the teams to protest things or kind of fight their corners. Um, but it, it's not that the teams made any bad decisions either. It's just that the the cards that were dealt by um the race director, essentially the referee, um were a bit unfair. And um, the way I likened it is like if you think of a, a game of soccer and it, and one team's winning two 0 comfortably and you just entered injury time and someone scores a free goal out of nowhere uh, to make it two one, that happens. That's sport. You know, it it can happen. And suddenly you've got a grandstand finish that you know could go either way. But then it's like the referee decides, actually, um, that goal counts for two because I want more of this. We're going to have extra time um, just because it deserves it, really. Like the games you guys have played before have been brilliant. This one wasn't so good. So it just feels like the, the goalposts were moved slightly um, that the teams were racing to. Um, and yeah, the two drivers have actually handled it very, very well. Lewis Hamilton was um, kind of very sportsmanlike on the podium afterwards and when he briefly spoke and then just stayed away from the media, didn't speak to anyone and, and hid away while his team protested, um, which will be a team decision, not a Lewis decision. And then Verstappen celebrated. And then to be fair to him, what I really liked was he didn't let it get to him. He didn't let the fact that he had to wait for a couple of hours for it to be confirmed bother him. He was like, no, nah, you know, I, I feel we deserve this. I'm going to celebrate it anyway. Um, and then when it was confirmed last night, even though Mercedes have lodged an intention to appeal, that there's 96 hours they've got to confirm that or withdraw it. So nothing... Would happen again last night so when Verstappen got told it, uh, that the first two protests had been dismissed he could go and celebrate it and he partied long into the night he uh, he said it was the early hours he, he saw daylight before he went to bed and we spoke to him today he was struggling a bit but uh, again he spoke very well about Lewis and the way they pushed each other and they, they both were very deserving champions uh, just the manner that it's been decided uh, wasn't really deserving uh, the, the championship mm. and the drivers themselves didn't deserve that mm. Yeah, hey Chris, it's uh, Baz here. Just carry on the Craig David thing. Um, could you <laughs> could you fill me in on uh, on the protest? And do you think it would take seven days, or could you see Mercedes walking away? Oh, three in there, good effort. Um, <laughs> you've, you've done me though, because now I'm struggling to find the fourth. Um, I, can, I can see Mercedes walking away. Uh, to be honest with you, um, I think. I think they're going to look at it that essentially they're appealing an FIA decision, uh, which they protested last night and other people in the FIA then had to look at it and go, we think that's okay. So now they have to go even further up in the FIA kind of uh, appeal process to say, you know, we think people further down the chain have made an error here. It's hard to overturn. It's a bit like VAR or, you know, um, in DRS in cricket, you know, when, when you, it's got to be conclusive evidence to overturn a decision that the umpire's given. And I don't know that they're going to have enough conclusive evidence um they'll have their interpretation they can argue that it just it just seems wrong but for the reasons that the race director has given uh overnight for why he made the decisions he did um i think it becomes more of a judgment call and people will just disagree with it uh, and that'll be that so i think they'll eventually step away because it'd be so it'd be even more anticlimactic if somehow mercedes got overturned in in the court of appeal in two three four weeks and lewis hamilton's crown champion in january i mean that's no good either. That's why nobody wins out of this now, which is the, the sad part. It's been quite remarkable, though, isn't it? Like in terms of, like, I know the the Netflix show um, catapulted it to, to a whole new 
followings, but it's just captivated the audience all around the world, right? Has, has it been bigger, Formula One, than what it currently is? Um, no, I think I think Formula One's at its biggest right now. I think you're right. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's been times where it's been very popular, but not always globally. Uh, and that's normally driven by something like we've had this year, where it is a big rivalry between two drivers. But what things like you mentioned, the, the Netflix series have helped to do is kind of open up people's understanding and awareness of the of the bigger picture of the sport, of the teams that aren't at the front, but why they're not at the front, of the cool stories that are there um, and of the other battles that are going on. So um, last night was all about uh, Lewis and Max and, and winning the World Championship. And the fact that they went in tied on points, it's only the second time ever it's happened, was, was incredible. But at other times this year, we've just had awesome events and races that involve other people that... Uh, fans and new fans are kind of passionate about, like Daniel Ricciardo winning uh, the Italian Grand Prix and McLaren were the only team to score a 1-2 all year. Like Red Bull and Mercedes didn't even manage to do that. So uh, those sorts of things where people engage with that a bit better uh, has helped grow the fan base as well, I think. So, um, yeah, it's come at a time when the sport is absolutely booming and it it has been awesome to be a part of and to watch. Um, But it did feel like everybody was watching yet on Sunday night, uh, Monday morning for you guys or... Or at the very least, they were wanting to know what happened and to not be just talking about something that was purely sporting and what happened between the drivers and, and, and for the, the way it was officiated. Uh, I just think it's really sad at this at this point. Mm. All right. All right. Who are the biggest? Is there going to be some big movers over over the off season? We're going to see some teams, um, you know, get some new drivers and. You know, uh, ask you know young players come in. I know we big, we spoke to you about Liam Lawson, but we're going to see any big movers over the off season. Yeah, there's a little bit going on. It, it all kicks off actually tomorrow, so I'm still in Abu Dhabi right now, um, waiting for my yacht invite. But uh, if that doesn't come, then tomorrow and Wednesday there's testing um, for the tyres for next year, and all the driver moves that have been agreed kind of happen instantly. So George Russell, who was at Williams, young up and coming British driver who's really really talented. Uh, is replacing Valtteri Bottas at Mercedes. So he's going to go and try and route Lewis Hampton's cage in the same car, which will be really interesting to see. And he'll drive for Mercedes over the next two days. So that's his kind of like first official bit of work with them as a full-time racing driver. Uh, Bottas goes to Alfa Romeo, replacing Kimi Raikkonen, who's left. He was a bit of a legend of the sport, but um, was ready to retire in, in his 40s. Guan um, Yu Zhou will be Bottas's teammate at Alfa Romeo, and he's the first Chinese driver we've ever seen in F1. So that will probably increase uh, the interest and... He's a race winner in the category below. He's raced you know, Liam Lawson this year um, in Formula 2 and, and he's won races. So um, he's a handy driver. He's, he's probably not the best young driver that was available. I mean, Oscar Piastri dominated and won the F2 Championship and really should be on the grid, but he has to wait his turn for another year. But that'll be a cool storyline to see what Oscar does during the winter. And um, basically, he'll be waiting in the wings in case there's an opportunity. And then um, Red Bull have actually kind of managed to get another driver onto the grid again. Alex Albon, who used to race for them, and got dropped at the end of 2020, is now going to Williams to replace George Russell as he moves up to Mercedes. So um, he's back on the grid, which will be cool to see as well. So, yeah, some some exciting drivers coming in on that front, and we, we get to see a few of them uh, this week, which is uh, going to be good fun. And then it's not long at all. I think someone said it's 95 days till the first practice session of the first race next year. So um, th- we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be basically seeing new cars and, get, and going testing again to like build up to it in like less than two months, which is crazy. There's hardly any time to catch your breath. Yeah, that's right. Crikey. Hey, Chris, we're going to let you go, mate. We really appreciate you taking our call. We know you've been extremely busy and, uh, and right in the in the thick of uh, all the action over there. And 
And uh, it's always a pleasure to chat to you, mate. Hopefully we get you on again soon. Enjoy Abu Dhabi. And um, as I say, try and catch a little bit of a break before you get stuck into things again. But thanks heaps for joining us, mate. No worries. Really enjoyed it. It was a, a lot of fun. And um, yeah, if I don't speak to you guys before, have a, have a great Christmas. Enjoy your little summer break you guys got lined up. Yes. Thanks, do. Chris. Champion. Chris Meadlin, what an mm-hmm. absolute champion, eh? He's quick. He's quick with it, eh? You hear that little, Jeez, hear that you little got... quip about the oh. yacht? He's waiting for his yacht. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how the, how about you added in a few of uh, Craig Davis' little bangers into your little questioning there, mate? It was very clever from you. Walk away. Yeah, yeah I was going to leave him with, I uh, hope you don't get insomnia as well, but I thought that might be a little bit too much. So I sort of, you know, <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to just sort of go too far on the old jokes, do you? Anyway. <laughs> right, it is uh, 8.16 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. That was Chris Medlin talking all things Formula One. We've got Paulie Mwati coming up. We've got Sam Beetson who's going to talk to us about Golden 60's triumph and success over there in Hong Kong, his 16th straight victory. He is an absolute freak at the mile. And we'll also talk through a lot of the other horses, which uh, Sam Beetson has, has been able to pre-train and um, and they've gone on to wonderful things in their careers as well. It is a red-hot list that they've been able to compile, Sam and Hannah Beetson at Riversley. And then we will pass the, the baton on to Stephen McIver, who was outstanding yesterday as well, just quietly is. Had a good chance to listen to McIver early on as his chat with Joe Park was really cool too. So we'll pass a baton on to him later on. But for now, we are going to shoot off for a little bit of a break. We'll be back on the other side with our TAB live update. 22 minutes past eight here in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Also, a big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It is Tuesday, the 14th of December, 11 days to Christmas. 11 days to Christmas. Right, we're going to rip through a couple of text messages right now. Uh, just to quickly dial back, circle back on the Joe Smith conversation from before. Ken said, guys, with Joe Smith bought into the group, he'd be our next AB's coach now. Cheers. Mm, there's an interesting thought. And PJ from Tamuka. The whole discussion could end if they sacked the present coaches and replaced them with the dream team. Razor and Izzy. Let's get the campaign started. <laughs> PJ, it's going to be very difficult for Izzy to be All Blacks coach and do Baz and Izzy for breakfast on OCS. No. Okay? Oh, mate, I can, I'd never coach. I'll tell you that. You'd be a good coach, I think, OCS. But anyway, we can we can save that <laughs> many good qualities, including making those around you uh, perform at a, at a higher state. Um, anyway, uh, and then some uh, Formula One chat. Chris, how good will the next season of Drive to Survive be? Couldn't agree more. That's, although I haven't watched it yet, um, but from all reports. Matt, I'm no Formula One person, but all the feedback from Formula One fans yesterday is that despite your interpretation of the events in this race, Lewis Hamilton has had the rub of the green throughout the entire season. Mm. So perhaps the referee was subconsciously trying to balance that, Matt, from Blenheim. I think that's kind of, I think Chris Medlin said that the the right winner was Max Verstappen. So, yeah. Mm. Um, And then uh, what's this one? Brett. Morena team, if you jump on Hayden Wilde's Instagram story, he's in MIQ at Ridges Rotorua overlooking Arawa Park, and he was up and about posting his own live commentary of yesterday's trials. Get him on, Louis. Well, there we go. We could have got, got a nice little rendition of yesterday's trials. Should we get him to the Love Racing update tomorrow? Well, yep. 
you're the producer, so why don't you see if we can get on and do it? It's a great idea. What a great idea. As long as you're okay with that. Is what do you think? I'm keen. I'm keen, mate. Perfect. We'll hunt him down. So we'll get, him in the, get in his we'll DMs. Look. Yeah, we'll climb into the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds so creepy. <laughs> right, it is now time for our TAB live update. I'm sure Paulie Mwati has come prepared. Of course, TAB, you bet live on your favourite sports with your TAB app today. It's a very good morning to you, Paulie Mawati. And do you know it's Daisy's dad's birthday today? I hope you've come prepared with the song. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Baz. Uh, thanks for putting me on the spot there. Um, I really enjoy that. That's really, really kind of you. But happy birthday to Daisy anyway. Hope she has a great day. Oh. Thank you, Paulie. Thank you, Paulie. I'll pass that on, mate. I'll pass it on. Yeah, We're just like, because Go you're a good singer, it's mate. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip the party <laughs> like it's your birthday. Back as far as I go. That's good. <laughs> oh, see, he's the vibe sitter. I love it. You're a good man, Paulie. Sure is. Right, now, what do you got for us today, else. Paulie? Well, there's something else we should celebrate. The fact that Ian Smith who was the SENZ Showdown champion of the world. Uh, he had a $500 bonus bet to put on his final tip, and it came through. And so one lucky oh. listener picked up just over $1,000 cash money. Um, what? Just uh, less than a fortnight out from Christmas. So I, I think you guys need to pat Smithy on the back and just say, well done, champ. Um, and uh, I think if you guys just go back to the drawing board and do a bit of study for next year, um, I'm, I'm sure we'll see an improvement from you boys. But well done to Smitty. Fantastic season by him. Okay, okay. I'll send you so to his reckon. number, mate. You can text him directly if you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bez, I'm thinking, yeah. like, I'm looking on the sports for today, and there's a lot of options here, and I'm thinking if we want to do that, we'll just go $1.33 ones, eh? $1.33 favourites. Every week, yeah. mate, I'm, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. Yeah. Well done, Smitty. Good on you, mate. Yeah. yeah enjoy your uh, holiday. Well done, Smitty. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what else we got? We've we've got a bonus back promotion on the NFL football game between the Arizona Cardinals and the LA Rams. Uh, very hard mm. to split these two teams. The Cardinals, who lead their division, they're a dollar seventy-two head to head to win that match. The Rams, two dollars and three cents. We've got a number of power plays uh, on this match, and I can tell you the most popular one so far is Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray to combine for 550 uh, passing yards or more and to combine for five or more passing TDs. That's paying $5.50. That has tweaked the interest of a number of punters. They're getting stuck into that power place. Matthew Stafford. Kyler Murray, the two quarterbacks to combine for 550 or more passing yards and to also combine for five or more passing TDs. $5.50. That's the one that's been backed by punters this morning. All right. Beautiful. Thank you, Paulie Mwati. That is is good oil from the TAB. Hey, mate, watch out for the the sheer weight of money that comes for time flies on the... uh, the Karaka Million as well. You put up very generous odds of twelve dollars, and when he goes washka at Pukekohe tomorrow, <laughs> then there'll be a whole lot of money flooding towards it. So just get the siren oh. ready down there at the TAB, mate. 
Is that where all that futures money is coming from? You, you, you've tipped it out, Pat. <laughs> yes, yes, we have. Yes, we have. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's catch up tomorrow and see. Uh, well, we won't see it tomorrow morning, but maybe on Thursday. And um, when, he, when he goes Wooshka, we might just have something we can really sink our teeth into and see what odds you shorten things up to. We appreciate you joining us here, Paulie Mwati, on Fads and Izzy for breakfast. That was our TAB Cheers, live Paulie. update. Of course, TAB promotions in play in hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. We're coming up 8.30 in the morning, and we've got Sam Beatson to come very soon. We are going to head off now to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Number three, number three, number three. Leading, leading up. Change of lead, four, number four, number four, number four, number five. Coming around the bend, bend number four, the 19.50 mark. Here we go, here we go. It's tied to the front here. Number seven, number seven's got the lead. Off he goes, off he goes. Up, up, get up. Busy for breakfast. That's a live look into Hayden Wild's MIQ room at Alwara Park in Rotorua. Oh, that is sensational stuff. So you're just tuning in and wondering what is going on. We've had a text here. Hayden Wild, who's our Olympic bronze medal triathlete. Absolute legend. He's obviously in MIQ. So A, he's managed to get home. Thank you, Prime Minister. B, he's got a lovely room at Aorta Park next to where they're trialling yesterday uh, on Trivia, all sorts of nice horses. And he's just decided he's going to be a race caller for the day. Go to his Instagram. There's no, I'm not kidding, there's about five minutes of him commentating <laughs> trials. And he's not half bad. So that is um, that's brilliant stuff. Baz, what do you rate that? <laughs> What? Mate, there's two things you said in that last 60 seconds. Thank you, Prime Minister, and he's not half bad. It's like, <laughs> what is this April Fool's Day or what? <laughs> number four, number four, number four, number five, number five. Oh, look, I'm assuming he's got no idea who the horses are, and I'm assuming he's not a massive racing fan. But do you know what? Uh, I can't remember who texted, but I Brit. Brett. We're going to try track yeah. him down tomorrow because I think, A, he's probably going crazy in MIQ. If you're a triathlete and he's used to just absolutely flogging himself every day, running, swimming, biking, he, he probably wants a chat. So we'll pin him down and we'll see if he knows anything about racing. And, um, yeah, thanks to Prime Minister for letting him come home is what I meant, Baz. But, yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> I, see, I, see what you, I see what you're getting at. Hey. And fighting out of the red corner, Louis Herman. Now, now. Fighting out of the blue corner. Is he in Baz? Um, gee whiz. Um, not at all. Well, we might get done. Honestly, you can't say that. Trust me, you can't say you get one. Yeah. Oh. No, nobody Sorry. nobody Sorry. tweeting from nah, the Baz nah, nah. is the official Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, there's plenty going on. Basically, all I wanted to say was congratulations, Alice Robinson, for coming on the show. We've texted her and said thanks. So she... This morning, what I what we had her on the show, and, and she was pretty much so she's competed and she got fourth in the weekend, and that's the super G. So just to clarify, she's off to the Olympics this year in the giant slalom when she's a genuine medal chance, and now being in her second uh, discipline, the super G, putting herself coming fourth. I think this is a huge step in the right direction for her. We've uh, messaged and said thanks for coming on the show. The the Italian Alpine slopes kind of got in the way of us, and in the Champions League. 
there's been a massive stuff up with the draw. It had to get redrawn. So there was a an error as far as the kind of um, official draw went. And it has, you, if you're a Real Madrid fan or Paris Saint-Germain fan, you're probably a bit gutted because now they have ended up in the same draw. And they weren't initially, but there was a clerical error there. So that's been a little bit of drama. If you want to find out a bit more about that, um, head online and have a look. But that's... He is... <laughs> Yeah, I've seen Chris's message there, boys. <laughs> oh, Chris, come on, mate. <laughs> Why do I find that oh. funny? It's <laughs> pretty funny. You want to read it? Because it's true. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you, you want to read it? <laughs> you fighting out of the blue corner? Nah. <laughs> Judy Kater here says, don't read it, move on. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, Judy. <laughs> <sighs> um. Uh. Yeah, looking forward to Hayden Wilder. How about those All Blacks? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Chris, get your mind out of the gutter, Chris. Crikey. Stick to the drive to survive rather than worrying about what Hayden's up to on MIQ. Anyway, we've got coming up very soon. We've got Sam Beatson, so we look forward to that. That'll be uh, that'll be good. If you've got any texts as well, double eight double three, or give us a call on the Kennard's Hire phone line, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Crikey, we got to regain our composure here. Is <laughs> we might shoot off for a break. We're going to be back very soon. Nineteen minutes away from nine, and we'll hand over to Stephen McIver at that stage. But for now, we're going to talk about well, sixteen straight wins. Five group ones, about $18 million in prize money and back-to-back Hong Kong miles. Half Lucky Express, Golden 60s looking for room. Bender guards to his inside. Vincent gets him out now. And here he comes. Denon Kingley gets up the rail. Golden 60, they roar for their hometown hero. He's a length clear over Salios running on Mother Earth. It's Golden 60. The locals can't beat him. The internationals can't beat him. This is his house. Fortress Golden 60. Oh, what a call, too. There is a very good case to be made that no horse around the world could touch Golden 60 over the mile distance. A lot of tried and failed. The man who knew he was just a little bit special before anyone else. He has an eye for this sort of stuff at Sam Beetson of Riversley Park, Bloodstock, and he sold Golden 60 along with his wife, Hannah, back in 2017 at the Ready to Run sale. A piece of business which gets more and more incredible every time Golden 60 salutes. Sam's on the line now. He joins us. Sammy, good morning, mate. Good morning, guys. Gee, you must be pretty proud watching this fella continue to break all those records up there, eh? Yeah, no, it's huge. I think a huge result uh, last Sunday for him to do that again against the internationals. It sort of sets him on that world stage now, doesn't it? Oh, sure does. He's just an absolute superstar, and then, mate, try and I guess give us a little bit of an insight into like how you came across him as a cult, and and what you look for, and well, what you looked for in him, and and what you saw, and 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 why you, you went went down that route. Well, I bought him. Me and Ben Foot uh, headed over to the Gold Coast sale, the January sale, which a lot of the guys look for the real early two-year-old running horses, and uh, we sort of tried to look for a horse that wasn't going to be that uh, real two-year-old type that we sort of might see a bit of value in. 
and that was that's where we come across him. He was a later foal. He was very athletic, but he wasn't sort of the real Ford two-year-old type, and he had a hell of a pedigree on him, which we find it hard to, to buy for us to make margins on when we sell them. So he sort of fell in the category um, of what we could buy and what we could afford with, with, a, with a huge pedigree, and I love the stallion, the Dagliadoro. Um, and so that's how we ended up with him. Mate, does, when, you, when you're looking back, and, and did, was there something that makes you think now, hey, mate, it's Izzy here anyway, sorry, brother. It's, um, but when you look yeah. back, is there something that you can picture or you can see that, that kind of makes you understand, okay, this is always going to be a great horse and get the results it's getting at the moment? Oh, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to put your finger on. He was he was athletic, um, very athletic, and he did everything. He did everything so easy. But to be a superstar like he is, it's uh, you know you never know how big their heart is, and if they're gonna even if they're gonna cope with uh, um, going to Hong Kong and acclimatise up there. So I knew I knew he was you know he was he was uh, going to be a good horse, but to go to those sort of heights, um, I don't think anyone could really pick that. And has it been great for your stable and great for your marketing tool having a horse that's done so well on the world stage? Has that just done you just so much um, positive in the end? Yeah, huge, huge for Riversley Park. But like we've sold a lot of good horses in the past, and uh, and had a lot of good horses through the stables. You know, we've, we've had Melbourne Cup winners and Derby winners and Oaks winners, and you know they're all you know very good horses. But nothing like Golden Sixty, and especially because we uh, we bought them, produced them. And sold them um, under the Riversy Park banner. It's uh, it's huge. Like this is great, great for marketing, and like, it puts our farm on the map, you know too. Oh, it sure does. You mentioned Oaks winners and Melbourne Cup winners, or Golden Sixty. It's Dundell, Prince of Penzance, Lucia Valentina, Furlax, Eleonora, Frank Letta. We're going to run out of time if we keep going here. But Sophia Rosa, Ugo Fiscola, Nicoletta Del Cello, Infantry, Sarantino, yeah. Drossen, Brando. The list just keeps going on and on and on and on. It must just give you an immense amount of confidence when you go to the sales to buy horses that that you're that you have something you have an eye which which others don't, and also your ability to as a horseman to be able to turn them into something which is a is a fantastic product moving forward. Mm, yeah, so a lot of those horses we didn't actually buy; we just broke in and pre-trained and produced through the stable. Um, a few of them we, we'd bought and sold. So, but I think that's been one great asset is that. We have a lot of good horses through the stables, and you get an eye for for what horses do turn out to be okay. Um, and do a lot of riding and things myself, and 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 being around the sales with a lot of great judges. So it's sort of just been all experience um, over the ten years, and just uh, learning learning each each sale you go to. So um, I don't think everyone's got a little bit of a different opinion. So you take things off people you you think. Uh, you, well, you know, do a great job, and um, as it turned out, you know, we've sort of we've actually bought and sold a lot of good horses of the, over the last sort of five years. So um, yeah, the system seems to be working. Oh, so me, me and Bears, I'm I'm an amateur, but I've I've gone gone in a couple <laughs> sh- a wee bit of a share in a horse and at the ready to run sales, yeah. mate. Lot twenty five, and what are our chances, oh, well. mate? Golden sixty, eighteen million bucks. What do you reckon, chances? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, pretty slim. Um, geez, he's won in a, a lifetime, isn't he? Um, I thought I thought Tundell might have been the best horse I'd had through the stables, and I thought it was, he would be a hard horse to even top to say, you know, that we'd broken in and that. Um, but yeah, I think Golden Sixty surpassed him. Um, 
geez, there's no rules to the game. That's I think that's what makes it so good. Um, there's a lot of good judges, and they get it wrong plenty of the time. Um, so yeah, when you get a good one like that, I think you've just got to you know accept that <laughs> the next one isn't going to be as good because yeah, the chances are, well, it's, the percentages to get another one like that's going to be huge. Hey, um, the the process you just mentioned breaking in the process for all all the listeners out there as well of breaking horse in. Can you just explain us to us a little bit about how you educate the horses to get them to that state? Um, yeah, so the sort of break-in process we, we work off with um, a lot of the sale horses we can do a little bit quicker because they've had a lot more education, but at the moment we've got a lot of store horses so basically just to get a roller and a bit in their mouth and get them used to sort of a little bit of pressure on the on the mouth and then we do a little bit of long reining. We don't do too much just to get a, get a little bit of steering, um, but don't, I don't like over long reining them. So we, we probably only do it three or four times and, and, and just lean over their backs until we're happy to put a saddle on them, um, which is generally within sort of a week to 10 days. And uh, we don't put them under too much pressure the first few days, just let them go around and get them in the round yard and trotting and cantering and cantering beside each other in the round yard. And when they're sort of nice and relaxed, we head out around the home track. Um, same thing, if they're going real good around there in a week, they, they go on the truck and head into Cambridge track for a look around. So most of it's all done within sort of four weeks, four to five weeks. Um, walking them backwards and forwards through the barriers and, and things like that. Like, uh, obviously, they're all a little bit different, so you've got to be a bit slower with others, and some you can push a bit quicker. Um, but it, seems, it seems to work. Obviously, the staff you have around you is a great help because um, it's, not a, it's not an easy job, but, but um, you've just got to have a, a lot of patience and just sit back and, and think about the horse a little bit, and it seems to, it seems to work out. Beautiful. Well, we're going to let you go, Sammy, but before we do... I know that uh, that you'll have a keen eye on on some of the horses going to the races. Have you got any tips for us, mate? Anything that you can steer us into? <laughs> any tips? I didn't go that good last week, so I struggled away. Um, oh, geez, my all my own horses are, are battling away, but uh, I don't know, packing Rockstar in the railway, maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I, I like it. Hard I like that one, Sammy. He'll get in in a Had better the way. Did you get on uh, that? No, I haven't, haven't yet. But uh, the, the trainer's pretty happy yeah. with him. I'm, I, uh, I'm beside him in the types of Cambridge track and see the horse every day, and he's a, he's a bit of a beast here. We missed him last weekend. I had Brando in the race, and I thought it was uh, all set up for him to win, but uh, he's getting gelded, I think. He might have already been gelded by now. Oh, the ultimate gear change. Two stone lighter, eh? Mm. I've got a couple of fellas yeah. I used to play cricket with could do with the same, to be fair. Hey, um, yeah. mate, uh, we really appreciate you joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Absolute champion, runs a great system there at Riversea Park as well and a wonderful horseman. And we look forward to catching up for a beer, mate, and and uh, big thank you for joining us. Sounds Cheers, good. Sam. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See you, Mark. Legend. Uh, Sam Beetson from Ris- Riversea Park, a wonderful horseman, and uh, he has been involved. And in, well, he's made an indelible mark, really, on on the the, uh, the equine game here in New Zealand with some of the horses which have been through his barn and and uh, there'll be many more to come too so keep following him he's actually great to be able to walk around the sales with mate um, like go through mm. go to Cracker there and, and have a wander around at the yearling sales and, and just sort of look at some of the horses which he's picking out and, and he's just got a, a really awesome eye as well so he's a good dude and 
him and his wife Hannah run a great operation there too. So thank you very much to Sam Beats for joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're going to come back very soon. And, well, we normally have our temper sleep on it with Smitty, but Smitty's on holiday. He's at Turks. We won't catch up with him for a little while, but we'll come back and do our temper sleep on it anyway, and we'll chat to Stephen McIver.